right, welcome back to another episode of GMs for Hire. I'm joined back with the normal crew, Will, Jamil, and RJ. Myself, I'm Matthew Perry. And today, um, as four anxious baseball fans anxiously wait for the season to start, um, we're going to do a little rundown of the most recently proposed um, layout for the 2020 MLB season, whenever that does start. Um, and it looks like it'll be divided into three divisions if they do decide to run with it, East, Central, and West. Um, those each divided up by 10 teams. Uh, RJ, if you can give us a rundown on what the East looks like. Uh, so basically, they took the entire American League East and National League East, except they kicked out the Atlanta Braves and put the Pittsburgh Pirates in there. It's a little interesting. I know we've kind of talked about it off camera. So you're going to have the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, Pirates, Marlins, Phillies, Nationals, Rays, Mets, and Orioles. Interesting. Uh, very top-heavy, I think. Actually, it's a very deep division. You've got a couple you know, tankers down at the bottom. Other than that, it's a really deep division uh, that would be really interesting to see those matchups multiple times a year. Jamila, what can you tell us about the Central Division? Um, the Central, honestly, is pretty straightforward. It's the American League Central and the National League Central. So you got a couple of good teams over there, like the Twins and the and the um the Brewers, along with the Cubs, a traditional powerhouse, and the, and and the Indians. So it should be a fairly decent division over there in the Central. Well, now moving over to the West, what do you got on the West? Well, uh, just to just to clarify, just like RJ said, uh, the only thing different with the Central is that the Pirates will leave and the Atlanta Braves will join, which adds a whole new dimension. But the West is actually the only division that stays completely tr- tried and true. The NL Central, or wow, sorry, the NL West and the AL West are going to just completely merge as the um, uh, as the West Division. And right now, it looks like obviously you got your two front runners and the Dodgers and the Astros, and then it, it I mean. There's so many question marks from there on out. A lot of teams could go either way. No team is really kind of dominant as a as a number three team, um, as we'll talk about with the playoff run and how it's laying out. But right now you have those two powerhouses at the tops and a lot of guys who could end up anywhere, really. Yeah, the, the new bracket, to me at least, does provide a lot of opportunities for um, teams that are outside the playoff bubble, you could say. Um, especially if it's a shortened season, you could see a team like the Diamondbacks or the Blue Jays, you know, potentially contend. Um, but moving forward to the playoff format, which I found most interesting about this. So the fir- the top four teams overall, by what I would guess is win percentage, um, get a bye. And then you'll have four games, eight teams, of course, uh, in uh, one-offs, uh, wildcard games. And then you have the traditional five-game AL, uh, five-game division series, and then seven-game championship and World Series. Um, I'll ask this, uh, RJ: Which team do you think would benefit most from this format? For the shorter season, or with the buys and stuff? Um, both, just overall. Um, I would say it really kind of depends on how Major League Baseball wants to do it, because we've seen. This, this structure of the divisions, but what we don't know is where the games are going to be played. And we don't know if we're going to be in our home ballparks or if there's going to be like a neutral deal or anything like that. But imagine like a cold weather team. 
imagine you mentioned like the, the Diamondbacks and Blue Jays. What if the Rockies somehow started off just really hot and then all of a sudden we got playoff baseball in Colorado and it could be getting pushed back. I don't know. The exact, I think they wanted to start in what time? July and end somewhere around Thanksgiving. I yeah. mean, you're going to have teams that aren't used to playing cold weather. Baseball is a summertime sport. And, you know, say a team like the Rockies or, you know, look at the Yankees and Phillies and teams like that. You would think going later into the season that cold weather teams would have an advantage over, say, the dome teams like the Astros or, well, I guess that's not that's a retractable roof, whatever. And the, the, the warm weather teams like the Rays, Dodgers, teams like that. If, if it gets pushed back that far, those cold weather teams, you would have to think they have some kind of an advantage. I know we say this for football. We, we've never really had to look into the numbers of cold weather for baseball. But this season, we could finally get to see something where weather plays a factor in the, you know, who advances. Jamil, do you think that neutral sites and the weather of November can, will have an effect on the postseason for some teams? Um, I think that it will have an effect for some teams, given if you have to play an interstate game, you know, teams are used to teams are designed to play in their home ballparks throughout the season. Um, like how the Yankees have the short porch and right, you know, Boston has the, um, the green monster, you know, different teams are set up for different to play at their home park. So I think playing in a neutral site would definitely be different. It definitely would have an effect on the games Um, playing later in the season. I think will only have an effect if a team like Colorado plays a home where it's going to snow late in the season like that. But other than that, I don't think playing too late will have an effect because the it's from October, November, I think it's going to be, if it's cold, it's cold. I think there would be if snow gets involved at that point. So with this realignment, um, which is, which would only be for this season, uh, as we know, uh, there's no American League and National League. It's just East, Central, and West. Will, how do you think that could impact a potential World Series uh, matchup? Well, whenever you look at it, um, right now, the most you could probably have, or actually the most you can have from one division make a playoff run is three if you can get your division winner and then if you are able to snake both of those two wildcard spots. And this is now a situation in which you could, bearing you know some kind of oddity, you could have four teams from a single division in the playoffs. And I think that'd be really interesting. And I think you have to look at teams that historically get off to a nice start. And one of those teams that specifically does that a lot of the times is the Cincinnati Reds. A lot of the times the Cincinnati Reds will get off to a very hot April or a very hot May, and they'll get off. And with a shortened season, uh, if you get hot one month, you're in almost, you know, you, you can, I mean, you at max, you know, you're going to lose a couple games, but if you stay hot in a month, it, it's going to be way more uh, valuable than if you were to get hot for one month in the regular MLB season. So do you think that one hot month can ultimately carry a team to the postseason? I don't know if it can ultimately, I'm not going to say that one hot month is going to guarantee you into the playoffs, but I am saying there's a lot more value to winning 30 games now than there is to winning 30 games before. Um, Yes, they're still, uh, they're still aiming for the 100 game season. That is the goal. But um, you know, if you, if you look at a team who wins 30, would you rather win 30 out of a hundred or 30 out of 162, you know, and, and that, those games are going to come down to where every single win is a lot more crucial than it used to be. It was discussed that potentially double headers 
um, and less days off during the season um, would be implemented to kind of speed things up and keep it uh, keep baseball out of the winter as much as possible. Um, and with that, they were talking about the MLB was talking about extending rosters to say for uh, like forty around a uh, thirty-five forty player rosters rather than twenty-five. Uh, RJ, how do you think the addition of more to an active roster in the regular season can impact the team? Well, number one, it's a great opportunity for those guys who are right on the fringe of making the roster. Uh, you got a lot of guys that, you know, kind of knew they probably weren't going to be on the road with the big league team this year. And, you know, under these circumstances, hey, it's a great opportunity for them. You show up, ball out. This is This is an audition year. This is a weird year for everybody. And so you have to treat it as an audition. It's a great opportunity for them. As far as how it's going to impact the game, I think you're going to see those managers that really like to micromanage, uh, like the Los Angeles Angels. They went out and got Joe Madden. A guy like that who's always tweaking here and there and trying to do little things and trying to do this. But that's a team that could benefit from an expanded roster. Um, I, I would say those kind of new school managers, maybe not the old school you know, just put your best guys out there. Probably this new school, this new style of, you know, picking and choosing and really studying the analytics and things like that. You could have those teams that really benefit from it. Um, but, yeah, it's more for me about the players, you know. Good, good for them. Moving on, um, well, moving, building off of that, Jamil, do you think that the addition of 10 to 15 new players can kind of mess with the clubhouse chemistry? Um. I don't think it'll necessarily ruin any clubhouse chemistry because it's not like they're, these guys are coming in off of trades. These are guys that have probably been around the major league team within spring training. They played minor league baseball with these guys. So I think when it comes to team chemistry, it doesn't do anything. But I think for some teams, it would hurt them in the front office. You know, a team like the Tampa Bay Rays that is always working on guys in their service time eligibility. You know, there's certain guys you don't want to call up because you don't want to start that clock too early. But in a shortened season, if you're going to have all these roster spots, you can't just let the roster spots sit there idly as well. So I think it would cause real predicament for some organizations. I think moving from the roster extension to uh, a little bit of predicting would be a good segue. And I think a with rookie, as, as mentioned, if the rosters do extend, quite a few players from each team would have new opportunities to show what they can do. And I think that makes the rookie of the year vote all the more interesting. Uh, Will, I'll start with you. Is there a dark horse for rookie of the year coming up? You know, I haven't really looked too much into rookie of the year just because of the proposed roster sizes being so much bigger. And there's no real telling who's actually going to be up there. Similar to what Jamil said, a lot of teams won't want to push that clock on certain players. And though you may have a 40-man roster, though you may have a 30-man roster, there are prospects that are on the fringe. Let's say Wander Franco, for example, on the Tampa Bay Rays. He is an elite prospect, top number one um, on the pipeline. He's number one of the 100 of prospects. But I highly doubt you're going to see him up in the major leagues. So rookie of the year, I'm not too sure how that's going to work or if they're going to do awards at all, um, because a lot of people with this shortened season may claim that the awards may not count. They may claim all this and there there could be a lot of, you know, a lot of kind of gray area there and you could miss out on some players and it, it, it could go either way. So I'm, I'm not too sure exactly what the deal is for rookie of the year. It will be interesting to see how the MLB handles that. Um, 
all awards that is, not just Rookie of the Year. Uh, but Rookie of the Year specifically will be interesting just because of the addition of players. RJ, was there anyone on your mind that you had run in the race for Rookie of the Year? No, I got I got to kind of echo uh, with what Will said there. Rookie of the Year in Major League Baseball, in my opinion, is the hardest award to predict in any of the major sports, I think. Um, I mean, you got guys that just you – got, you got some guys that come out of nowhere. You got some guys with all the hype that are obvious ones. Like, like look at last season. I think everybody would have agreed that Vlad was going to be AL Rookie of the Year. I mean, this guy had all the hype in the world. And I'm not exactly sure where he finished, but I mean, he wasn't ever really discussed as, oh yeah, he might win it. Like, no, by the end of the year, everybody knew he wasn't. So MLB's rookie of the year, man, it's, it's gotta be the hardest award to pick, but it will be interesting to see what they do with like Cy Young and MVP and things like that. Because do you do just MLB MVP or are you going to do East MVP, West MVP, Central MVP? Like, how is that going to happen? That's going to be interesting for me. That is a good point, as it is usually broken down by league. Um, you know, no word on awards yet. I know that's not I'm, – I'm sure that's in the back of their mind as they focus on just trying to be able to play the game. Um, but let's move on to another award that I'd say is a bit more important, uh, the Cy Young Award. Uh, now, we'll just – for the sake of this, we'll just have one. Just one Cy Young out of all 30 teams. Uh, Jamil, I'll start with you. Is there any pitcher that you see having a real big 2020? Um, uh, there's a couple guys I like. Um, one guy in particular I do like would be Flaherty from the Cardinals and Walker Buehler on the Dodgers. I think those are two good young pitchers that last year they showed they have really good stuff, and I think this year they could take another really big leap and get up to the upper echelon of pitchers in the National League like the Max Scherzers, like the Jacob deGroms. Those are two good young arms there. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on Cy Young? See, with the shorter season and with a lot of camps uh, you know, cutting off early, I think you have to go with a little bit more of a traditional pick, maybe not so much as the younger guy coming up. I think you have to go with more of a guy who's been there and who's been doing it. And right now, I don't think anybody has been a statistically as good a pitcher over the last two years as Jacob deGrom. So I hate to go with almost the cop-out answer in deGrom, but I think that's almost the best choice because the win-loss record isn't there, but the strikeouts there, the ERA, the whip, the stats that actually matter – that don't show that he's not getting run support or don't show that he's on the New York Mets. Um, You know, I I think whenever you look at him and break him down by an actual statistical point where the stats matter for pitchers, Jacob deGrom is uh, far ahead of some of the other talents. And I think you just have to go with almost the surefire pick. The Mets being in a different uh, division this upcoming season would be a little different. Um, you know, the Mets having to face opponents like the Red Sox, Orioles, and Pirates, who they don't face as often typically, uh, as they're not in division. So that could change things up a bit, too. But DeGrom already won it the past two years, I believe. Um, so, you know, a three-peat could be in our sights. RJ, I'll turn to you. Uh, what are your views for Siam? Yeah, I, again, I hate to lay it up, kind of like Will did, but, I mean, Max Scherzer, come on. That guy's so good. Uh, I don't see how he doesn't win Cy Young every year. Uh, I do agree with what you said about an older guy, a veteran, a guy who's been there, done that. This isn't really going to affect them too much. Maybe like a Max Scherzer, a Jeff Verlander, people like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, 
if you're asking me for a prediction, it's Max Scherzer. That guy's just a freak. I think he's the best pitcher in baseball. I know Jacob DeGrom's on the last two Cy Youngs. I know he's got a really good, you know, ERA and whip and things like that. But, man, Max Scherzer is just electric. That guy is just – yeah, he's the guy for me. For me. Everyone named definitely could pitch uh, very well as they have in the past, and it'll be interesting to see what they could do in their new divisions. Uh, given you guys all picked – uh, normal, normally National League teams, uh, I'm going to pick an American League one, which might honestly be a dark horse, and that's going to be Jose Barrios from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, a lot of competition in that central division. It's not going to be easy. Teams like the Reds, Braves, Cardinals, Indians surrounding them. Um, but Jose Barrios showed a lot of upside last season. Uh, he's grown a lot as a pitcher, and he's the ace of that twin staff, which continues to get better. He has the run support to back him up uh, against any team in that division. So I wouldn't doubt Jose Barrios as being a dark horse for the Cy Young this upcoming season. I'd say that's not too bad. I like bad. that pick. Uh, that's not too bad. Uh, I, I think the one thing that I, I didn't really consider too much when I said Jacob deGrom is that he will have the addition of those American League East teams. And whenever he goes in, because he is on the Mets, he'll be in that Eastern division if this is how the MLB goes on. So now not only does he face the Nationals, he faces the uh, not the Braves anymore, but the Phillies. Um, but he'll also now have to face the Yankees, the Rays. I mean, these are teams that have solid bats. Even the Red Sox have great young bats with Bogarts, Chavis, Devers. I mean, these are teams that can do some offensive damage. And whenever you look at the easiest division, probably per se, you probably have to go out to the West and so maybe maybe the Western Division walks out with the Cy Young. But right now, I mean, it, I, I, I do have to personally still stick with Jacob DeGrom. And, that, and that's perfectly fair. Uh, the West Division does look the weakest at this point. But before we hit our division predictions, uh, let's talk about the big MVP award. Um, we'll say there's one, uh, just like there was for the Cy Young Award. Uh, Jamil, we'll start with you. Who you got winning the MVP? Um, I'm going to go with Christian Yelich. I think he'll go ahead and claim his MVP this season. Um, and to back that up, not only does he stay playing in the, the National League Central places other than Pittsburgh, but now you throw in parks like Cleveland, Minnesota, and Chicago, Detroit, and Kansas City. None of those places are necessarily two extreme pitchers parks. None of those um, – the Tigers and Royals, they don't have – the Aces don't have a lot of great pitching. And I think you could see Yelich put up the same numbers he did not only against the National League Central teams, but now throwing those AL Central teams, I think he content he will continue his dominance. We'll uh, turn to you. Um, it, although it would be interesting to see if Yelich can stay healthy, um, if he can have that MVP season. Who do you have on your radar, RJ? Well, I'm going to go with uh, my boy Ronald Acuna. I love that guy. Uh, he is the next face of the league. I know Mike Trout's still relatively young. He's going to be around. But this guy, Ronald Acuna, oh, my God. He is great. I mean, I'm biased, obviously. But this guy is just amazing. Well, I think last year before his injury, he was about to have a 40-40 year, 40 stolen bases and 40 home runs. The guy's unreal. Like, come on. Uh, I, I think a full season, or not a full, it won't be 162, but 100 games. Throw him out there. He plays with such high energy. I think with a shortened season, I think everybody is going to have to elevate their game because, like Will mentioned, 
wins and losses are going to mean more now uh, because you don't have that long season where you can just kind of, well, this loss doesn't matter too much. Like, no, every game is going to matter. And so you're going to have to elevate your play. And a young guy like Ronald Acuna that doesn't know any better, there's no telling what he's going to perform like this year. So I, I definitely keep my eye out on uh, boy uh, Acuna down in Atlanta. Acuna is a rising star and I think is a solid choice for MVP. Will, um, what are your thoughts on the MVP? So I know I said I had to lob it up with Cy Young, but I think I'm going to go a completely different direction when it comes to the MVP. And I don't think that this is going to be a guy that a lot of people may have considered early on. But I am going to go with a little bit of a dark horse on the MVP candidate. And I'm going right back to the Cincinnati Reds, like I said. I'm going to go Nicholas Cassianos. And whenever it's it's a bold prediction and Nicholas Cassianos is not exactly the name you may think right away. But whenever you put him into that central division, he has the tough in the in, in the National League Central. And yes, you're getting rid of the Pirates and replacing him with the Braves. And that's much harder competition. But now you're adding the central division in the American League, which is really weak, such as the Royals, the White Sox, the um, the Indians pitching staff is 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 pretty good. Um, I'm blanking at the Tigers, obviously a team in there also not exactly great when it comes to competition and Nicholas Castellanos in only 51 games in a Chicago Cubs uniform last season had 16 home runs, a 321 average and had an OPS over a thousand. And I think with a short game, um, I, I, or with a shorter season and playing in a stadium now, great American ballpark where the balls fly. I mean, that is a hitter friendly ballpark. 100%. Um, yes, he may be in a neutral site, but if he is playing out in Great American and he's playing in a park wherever he can take advantage of the of the dimensions, look out for Nicholas Castellanos. Yeah, that definitely that pick definitely caught me by surprise. Um, I don't think anyone had Nicholas Castellanos on the radar, although he did have a big season last year, um, helping the Car- uh, Cubs as much as he could after that midseason trade. Uh, for my MVP MVP pick, I'm going to go uh, the easy choice, Mike Trout. Uh, someone had to. I mean, you know, he's in his prime. He'll be 29 about a month into the season in August. Um, I ch- after looking at batting averages, he's above the Mendoza line against everyone. Very easy division for Mike Trout to take advantage of. You have quite a few weak uh, pitching staffs in this division, such as the Rockies, such as the Mariners. Um, the Rangers is improving, as is the Padres. But I think Mike Trout, um, once again, will show his greatness and why he's the best of our generation, especially in the Western Division. Uh, I think I think he should be considered for the MVP every season, um, just based on his production. So I mean, it's, it's, it's the rock-solid pick. I'm not surprised that somebody went there. Yeah, yeah hard to argue not, with that. Yeah, it's nothing, you know, it's no hot take, but it's still, it's probably the right choice in the end. Um, You can always count on Mike Trout to produce. So from here, we'll move into the um, divisional predictions, and we'll start with the East. Uh, Jamil, who is is your top four? We'll we'll do that. We'll talk about that. Top four and why? Uh, My top four in the East is going to be the Yankees, the Rays, the Nationals, and the Phillies. Um, I think these four teams are clearly the best teams in the division. Obviously, of the top dog, the Yankees, they were one of the best teams last year. They got Garrett Cole to 
lead the pack this year. I think you can safely lock them into the first spot. Um, I put the Rays over the Nationals this season. Some people will be surprised because the Nationals just came off that World Series run. But honestly, the Nationals happen. They get hot at the end of the season, and they rode that momentum all the way to a championship. But over the whole course of the season, the Rays were the better team than the Nationals. And I think a full, well, not a full season, but whatever you want to call this full season, I think the Rays rotation can stack up with the Nationals. And I think their lineup is a little bit better. So I put them in the two spot followed by the Nationals. And the fourth spot, I went with the Phillies uh, ever so slightly over the likes of some teams like the Mets and the Red Sox. Um, I think the Phillies just will barely get through with the better lineup. RJ, what are your thoughts on the East? Uh, so I, I have the same four teams. I just have them in a little different order. I have the Yankees number one because, yeah, I mean, that offense is filthy. They just needed to get the pitching up to, you know, up to par with them. And then you go and get Garrett Cole. So, yeah, they fixed that. Uh, number two, I actually have the Phillies. I think they're so good. I think last year they struggled. Uh, but, you know, they go and sign Zach Wheeler. That was a very underrated pickup for me. I know Strasburg and Cole were out there. But Zach Wheeler going to Philly, I like that. Uh, and Andrew McCutcheon, he's going to be off injury. He's He was having a really solid season last year before his injury. So now with a full, you know, whatever you want to call it, season with Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Andrew McCutcheon, they add another pitcher. I think the Phillies are going to be a team to be reckoned with. I have the Nationals third because that pitch, you can't argue with their pitching. Juan Soto is a future star if he's not already a star. The guy's so good. Uh, and then I had the Rays fourth. And I, I like the Rays. I think they're really good. He, you know, Jamil mentioned how the Nationals really just kind of got hot at the end of last year. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the Rays will be right there with them. I actually had the Mets just missing. I think the Mets can I just I wonder about the Mets offense. And that's why I put the Rays in over them. So I think putting the Phillies second is definitely an interesting move. Um, they didn't crack my top four. Uh, but maybe they cracked Wills. Will, what do you have on the East division? So if you take uh, their uh, Jamil and RJ's teams, I have all but one. I have, uh, uh, like a broken record, I have the New York Yankees at number one, uh, as mentioned, Garrett Cole, and that offense is absolutely stupid. Um, absolute bomb squad. The, the Bronx Bombers are going to continue to do what they do best. Um, I actually have the Rays sliding in at number two, similar to Jamil. I have um, the Rays, the young uh, offensive core has stuck together for the most part. They have a couple of new pieces, but I think those new pieces are really going to help them out. I think Jose Martinez is a great addition of a bat. I think Sasugo will have a really good season if we can see him in the major leagues. And I think with the shorter season, it's going to be more about getting on base and getting on like hitting for contact as opposed to hitting for power, um, being able to put together a couple of runs here and there and just continuously putting together the offense. And I see that a little bit in the Rays. Um, I have the national sliding in at number three. I uh, can't argue with the pitching staff, similar to what RJ said. Absolutely aces, you know, from one to three. It's one of the most dangerous pitching staffs out in baseball. Um, and they have Juan Soto, obviously a, a star. Um, the rest of that offensive lineup is a little suspect, and that's why I put them in at three. Um, and then my team I have at four, I have the New York Mets. And I go back to Jacob deGrom. I know they're missing Noah Syndergaard, but I, uh, when I think of um, Jacob deGrom and I think of Marcus Stroman, I, I think success. I, and then they also have uh, bats that are coming together. 
Uh, if everything goes well, we may see Ioannis Cespedes back in the Mets lineup. It's been a hot minute since he's played a significant amount of baseball, but it's a possibility. The addition of him in that lineup would be absolutely disgusting. Um, and Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonzo, that young core of that Mets staff is, I, is, is good enough for me to slide them in just at the four spot, just ahead of the Phillies. Mine's similar, uh, very similar. I also have the Yankees uh, finishing first. Uh, despite Luis Severino being out for the season, the addition of Garrett Cole will definitely cover that for a bit. Uh, Garrett Cole, James Paxton will be back from injury by the time the season begins. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka is still healthy. Um, and then looking at the offense, uh, Aaron Judge will be back from injury. Giancarlo Stanton will be back from injury. Uh, Gary Sanchez is coming back from an up year. Uh, and as yes, as mentioned, the Yankees offense is quite insane. Second, I had the Nationals. And the only thing putting the Nationals over the Rays for me is just how deep they are. Um, despite losing Anthony Rendon, they still have a pretty deep third base position. Uh, Carter Keboom could be seeing time this season up at third base. Um, and then you have guys like Isdrubal Cabrera, Starlin Castro, or even Howie Kendrick can play the position. Um, you have a Trey Turner who is hitting his prime. A uh, great mix of speed and contact. Victor, Victor Robles in center had a great season. Uh, Juan Soto, of course, needs to be mentioned, and you can't forget their uh, their rotation: Strasburg, Scherzer, and Patrick Corbin. So they're looking good for the season. Third, I did have the Rays. Uh, Glasnow will be back after missing significant time last season from uh, with injury. That'll be big for them. Uh, if Charlie Morton can keep the same form he's had the past few seasons, and uh, with Blake Snell, who just won a Cy Young a couple of years ago. Um, they could contend for one of the best pitching staffs. Uh, they lost Emilio Pagan in the bullpen, but overall still looks solid with guys like Jose Alvarado, Diego Castillo. Um, and then fourth, it was close. It was between the Mets and the Phillies. But in the end, I decided to go with the Mets. Um, as Will mentioned, they would be missing Noah Syndergaard for the season. But their offense really brought it together a bit more last season, although DeGrom didn't always have his run support. Um Jeff McNeil and Pete Alonso are only going to be better this season. And uh, Seth Lugo in the bullpen has really developed, and he can help Edwin Diaz a lot, um, as, as can uh, Dylan Batantis once he's healthy. So I had the Mets rounding that out, and I had the Phillies just missing. Um, we were all pretty similar there on that one. Uh, Phillies and Mets, definitely the question marks for that division, whether or not they're going to contend. But uh, let's move to the Central. And uh, the Central is arguably as deep as the East, if not deeper. Uh, Jamil, let's tell us a little bit about the Central Division. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. The Central is very much deep, just like the, the East. Uh, the way I see the, the Central shaking out is the Atlanta Braves taking the top spot, followed by the Minnesota Twins, then a team I'm very, very high on coming to this season in the Cincinnati Reds. And then in the fourth spot, I have the Cardinals barely edging out the Cleveland Indians. And I think the Braves... Um, after coming off of the NL East title, I think they'll take the Central. The Twins obviously probably have the best offense top to bottom in this. I think they barely edged out of that two spot. And I just really, really like the Reds this season. I like a lot of the moves they made. They have one of the most underrated pitching staffs, very, very deep. And I think they can make some noise this season. Well, as a Cardinals fan, you, you're, you're coming along with a lot more competition uh, than before. The NL Central was already a deep division, uh, arguably a four-team race at times. And now you have teams like the Indians and the White Sox and the Twins joining you. How does that 
What was, what's that going to do for the Cardinals? Uh, well, in, in my prediction, I, I am right there with Jamil. I have Braves and Twins at 1-2. I, I think that may almost be a lock um, with the Braves team. That is an absolute young core, absolute. Um, they, they seem so flawless. I got to actually see them play out in Atlanta um, last season, and they, they are just so fun to watch. They really put it together um, and actually just managed to – see what seemed to be fall apart in that game five against the Cardinals last season in the NLDS. You can flip me off RJ. That's fine. Uh, but I'm going to, I'll take my nine runs in an inning um, or, or was it 10? I don't know, but well, besides the point, um, whatever it was, McCann shit the bed, but um, whoever it was, regardless, Braves twins, one, two. Uh, and then I have my Cardinals at three um, compared to four uh, for Jamil. I think the Cardinals, um, you know, though the roster is, uh, I mean, if you look at the team, the roster is never really too sexy, but I, but they somehow find a way to do it almost every single time. Um, I think Goldschmidt had a little bit of an off year last year. Um, not very Goldschmidt-esque, but I think he'll put it together a little bit more this season. Um, look to see a little bit more of Tommy Edmond getting into the lineup and look to see some of those young outfielders come together, such as Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, and maybe even Lane Thomas um, working together. And that pitching staff's been uh, pretty consistent between Michaelis, Flaherty, um, Dakota Hudson being a great ground ball pitcher. Um, I really like what the Cardinals got going on. And then I have a a neck-and-neck race between the Reds and the Cubs, but I have the Reds edging it out just by a little bit with my MVP, Nicholas Castellanos. Um, I think it's going to be just enough to get it um, into that four spot, just enough to get into the final position in the central. Similar to what Jamil said, I think that's a very underrated pitching staff. Um, when We've been talking about one of the best one, two, three punches in baseball, and I think you have to go back to that between Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, and Sonny Gray. I mean, those are three great names, and I think anybody would love to have any of the three on their pitching staff, and the Reds are fortunate enough to have all three. So I like the Reds just sneaking in just enough, doing just enough to get into the playoffs and finally make it back to postseason baseball. The Atlanta Braves are in quite an interesting position. I'd say they're an outlier in the division and really in uncharted territory. Uh, none of their division foes are in this division, and it's basically, you know, fresh water for them. So uh, it's best I, I let you, RJ, um, discuss your prediction and what it means for the Braves to be in this situation. Yeah, it's definitely definitely different uh they're not going to get used to playing you know those east teams that they're used to but it's almost kind of a blessing for them i mean you look at the nl east i think that's the toughest division in baseball that is i mean you look at those top four teams i know the marlins are bad but those other four teams in the nl east that's tough and to have to go up against those other three teams as many times as they have to do it that sucks so coming into the central and now you're going to get the White Sox, Royals, and Tigers quite a bit. And you're going to get the Indians, which I believe, you know, they're losing some pitching. And I think they're going to have trouble finding offense outside of Lindor. I, I think it's better for the Braves now. I think we know how good they are offensively, especially with the addition of Marcelo Zuna. He can kind of take that cleanup hitter role that Josh Donaldson had last year. Speaking of Josh Donaldson, the tw- he's on the Twins now. And I think the Twins are going to be second place right behind Atlanta. Those two teams, to me, like one of them said, it, they're, they're pretty much a lot. Three, four, and five, to me, is where I get it tight. Um, I'm not as high on the Reds as you guys are. 
I think we still got a couple years before they're, you know, really knocking on the door. So I've got the Cubs at three and the Cardinals at four, just beating the Brewers at five. I think those three teams have basically been under a blanket for the last couple years, as tight as those races have been. And I think it's going to come down to them three again this year. Uh, I still like the Cubs. I, I still like the Cubs roster. I know that's kind of, you know, maybe they peaked a couple years ago and they've fallen off since. But you look at the talent on that roster, I, I can't leave them out. The Cardinals, like you said, their roster is usually not sexy, but they usually find a way to get it done. And I think they'll get it done again. The Brewers, they're right there, but I just think the Cardinals are better. Uh, so those are my four. Definitely the Braves and Twins on top. I do believe that the Central Division is going to be the closest, uh, at least up top. I do have the Reds finishing first in the Central, um, which is something I don't think any of you had before. But I think Bauer... Pump the brakes. Pump Yeah, Pump. I have the Reds finishing first. I think Bauer... Before you go anywhere, I had the Braves as the best record in baseball. Our buddy Will Turner will love to hear the Reds at the top of Matt Perry's list. Oh, my Lord, that is, woo! I think the Castellanos signing was a very big deal, as well as Moustakis. you got to remember they have him now, um, providing a lot more to the offense. You have Castillo, who had a fantastic year last year, and he's still growing. So I I bet this season will be even better. Um, That's how it's looking, at least, as long as everyone stays healthy. Um, Bauer, Bauer didn't have his best season last season, but he's shown before that he can do it. And I think in this division, especially against his former team, the Indians, he can for sure do it. Um, very competitive guy. He'll have that edge. Um, I think that is what puts them up in the first. Second, I have the Minnesota Twins. Now, to their unfortunate luck, they run into the Yankees almost every postseason and get swept every season. But in this format, they might not have to do that. So this provides an advantage for the Twins and, you know, most home runs ever in a single season last year, the Twins. Um, you have an aging Nelson Cruz, but you do have guys like Max Kepler, um, Mitch Garver, um, plenty, uh, Miguel Sano is still there. He's on and off, but also provides big power. Byron Buxton in center is a great contact guy. And then the pitching, as I mentioned earlier, potential, well, my potential dark horse for Cy Young, Jose Barrios. Um, he's leading that rotation. Jake Odorizzi had his best season last season. Uh, they signed Rich Hill and Kenta Maeda, which can be big for them. Although they're aging, they've still proved to be able to get it done. Um, I, yeah, I have the Twins second. Third, I'm putting the Braves. Uh, you can't look around Acuna and Albies, as well as Fulton Witz. Uh, Soroka had a very good season last year. Uh, Max Fried is still growing. Um, you, have, you have a guy like Shane Green in the bullpen who's had up-and-down years, but last season for him. I see the Braves returning to where they were last season, minus the poor first inning against the Cardinals, um, and placing third in that division. Rounding it out, just beating out the Cubs is the Cardinals. Uh, as mentioned, they, they seem to get it done every year. Um, they don't miss the postseason often. They're very consistent. And with guys like young guys like Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, um, Tommy Edmond, uh, Goldschmidt, who did, as Will mentioned, didn't have the best year of his career last season. But once he gets used to things in St. Louis and settles down, um, he could be a top three first baseman in the league, in my opinion. And that puts them over the Cubs, in my opinion. 
that and the rotation, Jack Flaherty, potential Cy Young winner one day. Uh, I think Jack Flaherty alone can uh, bring the rotation to an elite point and put them in the four spot. So moving to the West, which I think we all agreed is probably the weakest uh, division. Before we even mention the West, let's all just get rid of Dodgers Astros. Please, yeah, please. I think we can all agree that's the that's our. Top I think two that's one two. How, well, however you have them, Astros one, Dodgers two, Dodgers one, Astros two. We don't need to mention that. That's that's a lock. That that that's not going anywhere. That is a yeah. I would I would agree that that's a given. I I myself had um Dodgers Astros. So and that'll be interesting to see play out. Um, considering they've they've met in the World Series before, um, and we're surrounded by all the cheating now. Uh, years later. Um, so we'll just skip to the three spot. Um, RJ, we'll start with you. Who you got in three and four? <clears throat> well, if you guys are going to be high on the Cincinnati Reds, I'm going to be high on the San Diego Padres. They're coming. Fernando Tatis is a future star. I love that guy. He is so fun to watch. He is just a stud out there. I actually kind of like their pitching uh, with Chris Paddock and Joey Lucchese. I would have liked to have seen them gone out and get Steven Strasburg. You know, played college in San Diego. That would have been nice to bring him back home. And I think they need an ace to really anchor that rotation and, you know, kind of bring everybody along. Uh, but I do. I think, you know, Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado together on the same side, you know, shortstop and third base, that's a cheat code. That's not fair. That's, that is literally insane. Uh, so don't try to hit a ball over there. I, I like the Padres. I think they're coming. And then fourth place, I've actually got the Oakland Athletics. I don't think they're that good, honestly. Um, I think they'll be good enough to get in because the West is weak, um, and I think they'll beat up on you know the Mariners and Giants, some of those some of those teams at the bottom. Uh, just beating the Diamondbacks, I think Diamondbacks end up fifth. Uh, it's close, uh, but I do give it to the A's. But guys like Matt Chapman will come through, and I think I'll elevate them to get that fourth spot. Will, what are your views on the West Division, third and fourth? So I actually don't have either one of those teams in there. I don't. I, I actually am completely different. I have the Angels sliding in at three, and I have the Diamondbacks sliding in at four. I have the Angels coming in at three. Um, whenever you look at the Angels, I mean, they had Tommy LaStella last year who absolutely broke out from an average standpoint. He was putting the bat on the ball every means necessary. But whenever you look at Tommy Lastella's career, I don't think you can expect that again. I don't. I don't think those numbers are to be the new norm for Tommy Lastella. But it doesn't matter. You have Anthony Rendon. Yeah, I mean, you have it. You added a brand new bat that is an absolute stud to that team, and then you have the new manager in Joe Madden. And I think that will really help out in the uh, in the Angels' season, especially a short season. I think it'll be nice to have Joe Madden behind him. It'll be nice to have a brand new third baseman in Anthony Rendon. Um, and then Mike Trout's there. Um, I mean, that's just a given. Shohei Otani maybe even will get some. Uh, will do some good over there in L.A. Uh, I really like the Angels sliding in on the short season. And then number four, uh, like I said, the Diamondbacks. I really like the addition of Madison Bumgarner. I think Madison Bumgarner needed a change of scenery, and he's not going too far. It's not like he's having to explore across the country or anything such as that. He's staying, uh, He went from California to Arizona. It's not very far at all. And um, 
Zach Gallen, also a great pitching arm out there in the Diamondbacks rotation. I also like a couple of their offensive pieces, such as um, David Peralta, Cattell Marte, and Starling Marte. Um, I love that outfield. That is a phenomenal outfield. Um, and I, I just think that the Diamondbacks have just enough pieces to just kind of put everything together and uh, maybe expect to see another season where Carson Kelly's finally getting putting it together, um, which would be a very underrated bat to have in that lineup. Um, I, I like what the D-backs can do from an offensive standpoint and what they can do on the rubber. I, I like the D-backs sliding in at four. Jimmy, how do you see the third and fourth place spots for the West Division? Out. Uh, my third and fourth place is a mix of RJ and Will. In third, I have the Diamondbacks. I like a lot of the moves they made. I like going out and getting Marte. And I like Cattell Marte in center field. I like them going out and getting Marte from the Pirates. I think that was, that was another shrewd move by them. They had a good offseason. And then fourth, I have the Oakland A's. I think the A's are another one of those. They're like the Rays, a real scrappy team. Uh, the national media never gives them a lot of respect. But I think in this division, I think the A's have the pitching and the offense to – I think they have the best mix of it compared to other teams left. The Angels, they scam with their pitching staff. Can't show how Otani go out and actually pitch. And the team I like in the West that could be a dark horse of the Rockies, I think they can hit the ball a lot. I think they could challenge that four spot, but I think the Oakland A's are just too – I think the Oakland A's are, are the best team of the rest. Not bad. I do like how um... – that was also our most diverse division in decisions. Um, I don't have anything. I mean, I don't have the same combos that you guys had. Third place for me, I have the Oakland Athletics, actually. Uh, Marcus Simeon, I want to spotlight. He received MVP, MVP votes last season. He had the best year of his career so far. And I think him, as well as Matt Olson, um, can provide a nice uh, power punch in that lineup. Um Ramon Laureano out in center as well. A great fielder, great arm, um, highlight reel, honestly, and can hit for average. You know, they were putting something together. I think their, um, I'm sorry, their pitching is their weakest link, at least. Uh, you have Mike Fires, who, you know, he's thrown a no-hitter. He's had a few up seasons, some big moments. Um, but overall, kind of fits in the middle of, you know, is he elite? No, not yet. Not really. Uh, you have Sean Manaya, who missed some time last season due to injury, but he, uh, the season prior, had an up year, the best one of his career. So if Manaya can stay healthy all season, things are looking much better for them. You could also see the call up of Jesus Luzardo and, and AJ Puck. Two of those, um, two of their top pitching prospects, could be seeing the MLB soon. So especially if they're factored into the rotation. You know, I see the Athletics contending and uh, eventually getting a playoff spot. And for fourth, I have the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, I think a healthy Shohei Otani and Tommy Listella will make a big difference. Listella had a fantastic year last year. He was an all-star um, before getting injured. Um, we've seen what Otani can do um, here and there. The injury threw him off, but once he's back healthy, um, we should expect more of the same from him. Mike Trout's still Mike Trout, as I mentioned earlier. Um, he'll be 29 years old, prime of his career. Um, I think the worst part of it is that this shortened season takes away a bit from his career. Um, you know, this is a generational talent, a guy that can break records potentially, and he's missing that the time to do so. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. I know that's not an Angels thing, but it's a Mike Trout thing. 
Um, the rotation has gotten a little better. Andrew Heaney's improving. Um, they picked up Dylan Bundy, who didn't have his best stuff with the Orioles, but at the same time, he wasn't backed up with an offense that the Angels have. An aging Justin Upton, an aging Albert Pujols, they'll provide minimal, you know, minimal uh, production. But you have guys in the waiting in the wings like Joe Adele, who, you know, could be as soon as this year, um, could provide some help for their offense. So that that was my third and fourth. I had the Diamondbacks just missing. Um, I know a few of you had them in there, but we'll move to the most important part of the season. I would say uh, the World Series now. We don't know how they'll do this. They might put restrictions and make it AL versus NL, or they might um, put free reign on it. For the sake of this, make it a little bit more fun, we'll put free reign on it. Um, no league restrictions. I'll start with Jamil. Jamil, who do you see in the World Series, and who's winning it in seven? Um, the World Series, I think, is going to come down to who has the best mix of pitching and hitting. And honestly, I think... Not to be a homer, but I think the Rays have the one of the best mixtures of pitching and hitting left. Um, I think I could see them versus the Dodgers in the World Series, depending on how the, everything aligns. The Rays is def- are definitely an interesting pick there. Um, it won't that division won't be easy, so it'll be interesting to see how far they get. Uh, RJ, I'll move to you. What is, what is your call in the World Series? Yeah, I, again, yeah. Honestly, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I think Braves and Dodgers. Uh, an all NL World Series, something you don't really get to see ever, obviously. Um, I think, you, like you said, a mix of hitting and pitching. The Dodgers should be there. You know, the Dodgers have been there the past couple years. Uh, the Braves, I love it. I think Mike Soroka is a stud. I think if Pete Alonso wouldn't have broken the home run record last year, Soroka would, should have been rookie of the year. Uh, but Braves Dodgers World Series, sign me up for that. A lot of young stars, Cody Bellinger, Ronald Acuna. Uh, I think adding Mookie Betts to the Dodgers is going to be huge for them. How could it not be? Um, yeah, give me that. Give me Dodgers Braves in a seven game series. Will, how do you see your World Series turning out? So, Matt, whenever you were given your three and four for the West, I actually drew out exactly how I thought this was going to go. And this is really nuts. Um, because I took my top four teams and gave them their buys. And then I took my bottom eight teams and kind of ranked them March Madness style. Um, so where the number five best, uh, the, the number five best record went against number 12, so on, so forth. And you see a couple cross divisional matches in the first round for me. I had Rays versus D-backs for uh, the Rays being the number one team who just missed the top four and the D-backs being the last team who just scoots in. Um, I had Twins Mets and I had Cardinals Angels going up against each other early on. Um, but whenever I finally broke it down, it got really boring and we ended up back at National League American League. I ended up with Braves Yankees and I have uh, don't want to sound like a homer because my team didn't even make the damn World Series, but I'm going New York Yankees. Um, I, I think with the addition of Garrett Cole, it takes him to the next level. Um, they have the bats, and that's been proven. And if you can keep a couple players healthy, if you can keep them in the lineup, I think the Yankees are definitely the force to be reckoned with. Um, I think the Braves pitching just might not have enough to slow down those Yankee bats. Um, there are a great couple of arms on the Braves team, and I, I think it'll definitely be close, but I could I just see the Yankees offense just outpowering just a little bit over that Braves. Uh, we don't know yet how the playoff 
bracket will work for sure. Um, we're, we were just going off of our, uh, of the knowledge we have of it. So um, anything we have said so far is, you know, hypothetical, of course, and based on a bracket unknown so far. For the sake of that, um, for the sake of fun, I'm going to go with the Yankees Twins World Series. Um, we've oh, we we've, saw Koreans. We saw it. <laughs> uh, yeah, not sound like a homer. We, we, saw, we did see the ALDS last season. Um, very exciting. Um, lots of power between both teams, and both teams have uh, quite a pitching staff. Um, I think this is just the perfect season for the Yankees um, because by the time the season starts, everyone will be back from injury, and they have enough enough depth to carry them through the season if someone does get injured. We saw that last season um, with the next man up uh, spiel that they brought. Um, I would say Yankees in six over the Twins. Um, Barrios can clutch out at least one win for them and then their offense in another. But I think that would just be really interesting to see, especially All-American League. Uh, Will, do you have something to say on that? Yeah, before you go on, I have three really quick points. A, I'm a baseball analyst. I didn't pick my own damn team. B, <laughs> that's that's a shot to all three of you right there. Uh, B, uh, what was my B? I forgot. Oh, you said the next man up t- mentality. Now I'm going to be a homer. That's called the Cardinal way. Don't forget it. And uh, I forgot what C was, but uh, there you go. That's that's what I'll do. That's Those are my two points right there. I well, get if we're going to be honest, all of our teams are better than your team. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Yeah. All, all of us root for... On paper, at least. RJ, your team got canned by them last year, so I can't really help you there. I don't, don't want to hear that. I don't need to hear it. You, you could go... You could go... You could say that the Cardinals pitching staff was the only thing better than the Atlanta Braves. The Braves had a better bullpen. They had a better offensive uh, standpoint. And uh, how'd that go? The yeah. Braves were the, here, here you go. Hold that one. From a third party, <laughs> the Braves looked like the better team, but in the end, or in the first inning at least, the Cardinals turned out to be better. Dexter Fowler swung at a curveball in the dirt, and Brian McCann let it go to the backstop and caused all of that. He went down infamously as the man who ruined the Braves. Uh, never mind. Brian McCann seems like a guy who might punch me. I'm not going to put that out there. Not like Jared Goff. I'll talk about Jared Goff any day. Yeah, this, this all sounds like a, a soapbox for another time. I hate Jared Goff. But, uh, All right, you're done, Bell. If he wants we'll to fight me, we can, but I'll, I'll mute myself for it. We'll wrap things up here. Um, a lot of a lot of good stuff here. A lot of good predictions um, were said. Uh, no matter what, this season will be an interesting one, especially if it's not the normal uh, alignment. So for myself, Will, Jamil, and RJ, uh, we have been the GMs for hire. And uh, this is our take on the 2020 MLB season. Um, Be sure to let us know what your thoughts are on the MLB season coming up. And uh, if you have any other ideas for shows or whatever the case is, something for us to talk about, we have all the time in the world, nothing else going on. So um, be sure to let us know. Um, And yeah, that's it. Catch us next time when we storm the podcast. Yeah, make we're gonna make a podcast on the next episode. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's a good. Idea. See you guys.